When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of the time of this recording, there are now only three Kmarts left. The company has been around for quite a while and has now almost faded away. Those few stores remain, but it's far removed from its glory days. Even though it started before the 1980s, this is a look back on the retail giant that was a part of life for all of us kids in the 80s. So attention Kmart shoppers, this is the rise and fall of Kmart. Attention, please. If you plan to pay for your purchase with a personal check, please have the check approved at the service desk before going through the checkout lanes. I don't care where you lived or what age you are, Kmart was part of all our lives in the 80s. Here in Canada in the 80s, we didn't yet have Walmart, but we had Zellers, which was like our equivalent to Kmart. But Kmart still existed, and both were part of our retail experience. Kmart had a much bigger North American presence, so they were everywhere, and you could get everything. For a kid, it was kind of a thrill to go to a Kmart. Most kids hate shopping, but there was something about going there, whether it was the fact there were restaurants in it, the huge toy sections, or just hiding in the racks of clothes. It felt like a mini adventure. It was a place to find low prices, and who could forget the blue light specials where a flashing blue light would alert you to sales going on in the store. But before we get to that, we need to look at the origins of Kmart. Kmart itself was started in 1962, but the origins of the store go all the way back to 1899. Interesting fact that both Kmart and Walmart started within a few months of each other back in 1962. Kmart seemed to have the bigger rise to prominence and felt more like a part of America at first. Eventually, Walmart would catch up and surpass them. But Kmart was the original king of the marts. So, like I said, going way back, it starts with a man named Sebastian S. Kresge, spelled K-R-E-S-G-E. He was the man behind Kmart. And if you're wondering where the K in Kmart comes from, it's from Kresge. He didn't start out right away with Kmart, but had other retail stores. This was, as mentioned, in 1899, and the stores were simply called S.S. Kresge Co., They were simple 5 and 10 cent stores that sold a variety of goods. These stores ran for a while and he incorporated it in 1912. By 1918, he had 85 stores and the company was being traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Not too many people know about the man behind Kmart, but this guy was an absolute business heavyweight. By 1924, he was worth 375 million, which converted for today is nearly $4 billion. There's a pretty big gap between this time period and the very first Kmart, but it was the same story with the SS Kresge Co. stores. People just wanted to buy decent quality items for cheap. 
So as mentioned, the first Kmart would open in 1962 as the company decided to dive back into low-cost retail. That very first location, Garden City, Michigan. And fun fact, this location lasted all the way till 2017. So the Kresge company obviously had a good handle on how retail stores operated. They also knew how to grow and expand them. Kmart was no different. The store rapidly grew, and by 1977, Kmart was making a majority of the money for the Kresge company. This is when they would change the name of the company to the Kmart Corporation. Kmarts were now everywhere, and they offered low-cost items and a very wide range of them. The stores were pretty simple with their red and white color scheme and beige carpeting, but they didn't need to be anything more than what they were. This wasn't Bloomingdale's after all. The rapid growth would eventually lead to spin-off Kmart stores such as Super Kmart Centers and Big Kmart. By 1981, the 2000s Kmart was open. They had expanded here into Canada and eventually would go into Australia. And by the end of the year of 1981, they were up to 2,055 stores. But even in the 1980s, those old Kresge stores were still holding on. In the 80s, there were still 76 of them. But the company decided to sell them all off and go all in on Kmart. One thing Kmart did, which we also had in Zellers here in Canada, was to include dining options in their stores. This was another perfect idea. Put a restaurant in a shopping place. Since most families were shopping with kids, what better way to keep them in the store, make more money, and deal with hungry screaming kids than by having a restaurant available? This was great for parents as they didn't have to leave for a nearby McDonald's or something to shove a Happy Meal in their screaming kid's face. This way they could stay in the store and kill two birds with one stone. Kmart even looked at taking this to the next level in the 80s. They started experimenting with co-branding by bringing in Wendy's restaurants in some of the locations. This never took off, but it's surprising that it didn't catch on the way a McDonald's and a Walmart would. But Kmart was the perfect place to shop. You could run in for just one thing or load up an entire shopping cart. Anytime I went to a friend's birthday party, we would buy them a toy at Kmart. Most of the G.I. Joe toys I had were from Kmart, as they were often cheaper than the Zeller's options. When I think of Kmart, I also always think of back-to-school shopping. Many also have great memories of Kmart at Christmas, and you can still listen to some of their original in-store Christmas music playlists on YouTube. I've shared that over at Patreon for everyone who's a part of Patreon, and it's the most nostalgic thing you've ever heard. And if you want another shot in the nostalgic land, just look up the old Kmart Christmas commercials on YouTube from the 80s. They also had classic commercials like this one. Good feeling, walking through our door. One good department. 
that made Kmart stick out were their blue light specials, not to be confused with a red light special. This was actually a pretty ingenious piece of marketing. Also, it may have been a bit ahead of its time. The blue light special started all the way back in the late 60s and ran until 1991. They brought it back for a few years later in the 2000s. The concept seems pretty simple, but that's what made it so effective. In case you don't remember this or have never been in a Kmart, Kmart would have flashing blue light sirens on top of poles that would light up when a specific item would go on sale. You didn't exactly know when this was going to happen, and people would hang out for ages hoping to catch one. This was great for a few reasons. First, it gave Kmart a specific brand identity. No one else was doing the blue light specials. The next big thing is that it kept people in the stores longer. If you knew that a sale might come up, you might just have to hang out and browse until that blue light went off. To lower 30,000 prices, Kmart needed help. Now you can buy more and pay less. Come and save a ton when Kmart lowers prices. That's blue light always. So prices hurt. I heard all the people saying. Get down to Kmart for low prices every day. So here's why it's also so effective. In the world of retail, the longer that you can keep someone in a store, the more money they spend. This has been actually studied and researched, and I found some good information from the Wall Street Journal on the slower you shop, the more you spend. It's the reason they design grocery stores the way they are. Have you ever noticed every grocery store you've ever been to has the same layout? The outer perimeter brings you around to the aisles. At the end of the aisles, you see the end caps. That's where they display items that are on sale and promotional, and these entice you down the aisle. At the end of the aisles are the cash registers, and if you're not ready to pay, you have to head up the next aisle. This weaving up and down the aisles keeps us in the store longer, exposes us to thousands of products, and makes it more likely for us to spend more. Like Jerry Seinfeld says, have you ever gone into a grocery store, not bought something and tried to leave? It's almost impossible. You have to navigate through this whole labyrinth they've set up. It's also the reason why the grocery stores put their most bought items, milk, bread, and eggs, in the very back of the store. This forces you to walk through the entire store and, again, get exposed to thousands of products just to get the few items you need. This was part of the genius with the Blue Light Special, and just as importantly, the blue light special was a great way to clear out old inventory, but make it exciting at the same time. But there were early signs of decay. We often think of the downfall of Kmart happening in the last decade or so, but this was already the case in the 80s and going into the 90s. Remember, by the end of the 80s, these stores had already been around for nearly 30 years. Many of them were getting run down and looked outdated. And by the end of the 80s, the company had expanded to much more than just the Kmart stores. In 1990, they bought the Sports Authority. Then they bought a large percentage of Office Max. In 1992, they bought Borders Bookstores. The company was expanding quickly and suddenly the Kmart stores weren't a big priority. Maybe they took on too much at once? I mean, they invested so quickly and so widely that it didn't exactly pay off. In 2002, they had already filed for bankruptcy. But this wasn't the Michael Scott trying to erase everything bankruptcy. They filed for Chapter 11, reorganization. In 2004, we got a form of retail worlds colliding. Kmart Holdings Corporation became the Sears Holding Corporation. 
But Sears hadn't purchased Kmart. Kmart had acquired Sears and just kept the name. I don't think that many people realize, but by the mid-2000s, these two giant companies were one and the same. They were the top two retail stores in the 80s and 90s, and it seems surprising that there was never any government intervention to try and stop a giant merger. In reality, this shows how far the two retail giants had fallen. It was also around this time that Kmart went for a little bit of a rebrand with its logo. They started with the famous one that we know, the red K followed by the blue Mart. Then they went to the giant red K with the diagonal white Mart across it. In the 90s, then this would be replaced with a red K with the word Kmart underneath it. So, I mean, I remember the old K with the blue Mart. You might have to look these up if you forget what they look like, but they definitely stand out and are um, sort of the defining logo for each time period. So this story has started in the 60s. It picks up huge traction in the 80s. It peaks in 1994, then slowly begins a descent. Now we pick things up in 2006. So unbeknownst to us, Sears and Kmart are now essentially the same company. And at that peak in 1994, there were 2,486 Kmart stores. Fast forward to 2006, there were only 1,388. This was a massive drop over that 12-year period, but it would get worse. In the next 10 years, from 2006 to 2016, the company would finish with only 735 stores. Revenue would also be cut in half during this time period, but it was actually worse than it sounds. Not only are the stores not making much money, but the company also has a ton of debt. This means you have to look at how much money is left over after all debts are paid. And this is one of the true signs of a company's value. Ideally, you want your company to have low debt and high equity. So without getting into too much weird economics and stuff, there are some calculations that reflect this debt to equity value. And the calculations give you a number. A high number means a lot of debt and not much income. A lower number means low debt and high income. In retail, anything around a two is supposed to be good and you don't want to be much higher. Kmart was a 14. This was in 2014. So things actually weren't super bad all the way up to 2011 as that magic number was always below two. But in 2011, it went up to four, then five the next year then seven the next year, eventually got to that eye-watering 14. The company now had negative equity and basically couldn't pay off its debts. All those blue light specials and Kathy Ireland clothing weren't exactly filling the company's pockets. Kmart was in a tough situation. Even if they sold off everything, the clothes, the inventory, the coat hangers, the shelves, the bolts, they still wouldn't have enough to pay off all their debts. Keep in mind, Kmart hasn't disappeared. They've dwindled down to nearly nothing, but they still exist. It's kind of astonishing. The company has been operating at a loss since 2011. Kmart has now filed for bankruptcy twice. Even though it wasn't what it was in its heyday, it was still making money. It made $49 billion in 2005. By 2020, it was down to just $3.2 billion. But remember... All the assets, all the income 
couldn't keep up with all the debt they had. So where did it all go wrong for Kmart? After looking back at all this, Kmart reminds me of the Black Knight from Monty Python. Despite being chopped down to size, he somehow remains and refuses to recognize his defeat. Tis but a scratch. As usual, you can't pinpoint the downfall of a company to one thing. There are obviously several that caused the decline of Kmart. The first and obvious thing was obviously the competition. As Walmart and Target came into prominence, it let us see how lackluster Kmart really was. The last remaining Kmarts were kind of junky. Brand new Targets and Walmarts were big, bright, and shiny. The shelves were always full and their stores were way cleaner. Many Walmarts also had full grocery stores, so you could get everything in one trip. Another issue is that many of the Kmarts tended to be in less desirable areas. They would be part of rundown strip malls and were often in inconvenient locations. This was the same problem with Zellers here in Canada. With Walmarts and Targets, not only were they in easier areas to get to, but they were often right next to each other. Combine this with an Old Navy, Home Depot, and Best Buy, and you've got the ultimate one-stop shopping experience. And of course, online shopping plays a huge part too. That's almost a whole other story with retail. I get a lot of stuff on Amazon, I won't lie. And if I need to physically go out, I'll head to a Walmart that's only five minutes away. If I can't get things in those two trips, then I'm kind of out of luck. With all of these changes in retail, a Kmart didn't make that much sense anymore. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, Kmart was our Walmart. We would head there even if it was to just pick up one thing. For most of these decades, they were really the only retail game in town. Would Kmart have benefited from an entire rebrand? That's kind of hard to tell, and it's hard to tell when the right time for that would have been. Unbeknownst to us, the decline was slowly starting to happen in the late 80s and going into the 90s. But at the same time, they were also at their peak. Could they have done one in 1989 or 1994? It just wouldn't have made sense when that was the most stores they ever had. Maybe by the early 2000s? I wonder if they thought they were able to maybe just push through this little hiccup. Also, I'm not totally sure how you would rebrand a Kmart. Like I mentioned, they brought back the Blue Light Special for a little while, but that didn't do the trick. The stores drastically needed updating, but never got that. They were already outdated going into the 90s, let alone up to a few years ago. They were even still using the same outdated computer monitor registers with the green font. There were no touchscreens, self-checkout, or modern inventory systems. Another big problem... Apparently, Kmart customers waited in line twice as long as in any other store. That didn't help either. The other big problem is even if they wanted to do a full overhaul, they just didn't have the money for it. We all know hindsight is 2020, but we can see now that instead of purchasing those other companies, including another dying brand, Sears, that money may have been better used if it was invested back into Kmart. That was, after all, their bread and butter. Although Kmart has hung on this long, I imagine it's also been impossible to recruit people to work for them. I can't see any high-level executive or hotshot CEO at another company leaving that job to come over to basically captain the Titanic 2. 
the company had been on such a public decline for so long that I don't think anyone was going to touch it. So they had no hope in trying to get the best and the brightest. They even had trouble hiring regular sales associates or stock people because they didn't know if the company was going to be there in a week or a month. So as I mentioned, there isn't one reason for the decline of Kmart, but it's a combination of many factors. But credit to a company for actually hanging on to the bitter end. They're not gone. Again, as of the time of this recording, there are still three. Those last three Kmarts are in Westwood, New Jersey, Bridgehampton on sorry, Long Island in New York, and the last one in Miami. The last time I was in a Kmart was maybe six-ish years ago, five-ish years ago, and it felt like walking back into the past. Yes, products and prices changed, but the store didn't seem to. Every time I walked into a Kmart, it felt like going in a time machine as everything seemed the same as when I was a kid, but maybe a bit worse. And, you know, being honest, these Kmarts, I don't know the last one you've gone to or if there's any around you, they're not the most aesthetically pleasing places in the world. Many of them that were still in operation in the last, say, 10 years, 8 to 10 years, were pretty run down and not well-maintained. The shelves were empty, things weren't organized, and they looked pretty junky. But, like I said, the company isn't going down without a fight. You could say the heyday of the department store is long gone. Kmart, Sears, Zellers, Blockbuster, all those sort of things, they're on their way, na- way out, if not already gone. Those department stores of our past just couldn't keep up with the big box stores and their cheaper prices. And as we moved our shopping online, there was no way to keep up with giants like Amazon. It's actually pretty impressive that Walmart and Target remain such juggernauts considering we all shop online. Will people in the future make trips to visit one of the last remaining Walmart stores? Will it go the way of Kmart? Again, no way to tell. But in either case, Kmart remains you know, a pretty beloved part of many childhoods of the 1980s. I honestly thought Kmart was completely gone. I didn't even know there was these last few stores remaining. But like I said, I don't know what your memories are like, but I have good memories, you know, thinking back to those times running in before a friend's birthday party to get them something that looked awesome. And I knew exactly what they liked. And Going in at Christmas again was always fun. I remember going to see Santa as a kid in the restaurant part of our Kmart. So you would have your breakfast, see Santa. So I have good memories of it. Maybe you do too. But, you know, it's just interesting to see the rise and fall of this iconic company. So let's finish it there. I hope you like this sort of nostalgic look back and a little bit of economics and commerce all mixed in together. I I find these, you know, interesting when these worlds collide here. So that's it for me. And I just want to finish. If you're interested and in a position to do so, you can consider supporting this show on patreon.com, which I mentioned earlier. So that's the platform for where as little as a few bucks a month, you can support the show, but you get different audio rewards and there are different tiers. And with each tier comes different rewards. The middle tier is the Boba Fett tier. That gives you access to the Everything 80s Movie Club, where I review tons of classics. We've got, what, 10 or 12 up there. You you can go back and check that out. If you're interested in learning more on how this works, you can go to patreon.com slash 80s. So it's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash 80s. Okay, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with a new episode soon. Don't you dare miss it.